Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 170 of the 16th of November 2011. Hi there, James. Hi, Ian. How's it going? Going all right. Here we are actually in the same room, which is quite <laughs> Not amazing. Not on the same couch, but close enough. <laughs> That's right. We We're in uh, sunny sunny Atlanta. Yep. And it's not uh, raining yet. So mm. um, here we are. Uh, episode 170. My. Indeed. It's huge. And uh, so for the next 25 minutes or so, we're going to delight you, listeners, with uh, our typical mix of digital media, tech news. Um, we have a few kind of typical headlines. What do we go for? Well, we're going to crack on through what's happening in terms of uh, business developments, technology, content delivery, how we uh, get our content delivered. Bit of mobile, um, always some gaming fun, and perhaps some other stuff, if we can... Never know. <laughs> but we'll see. Anyway, let's crack on. Um, there's a bit of stuff in the news in the business world at the moment about um, online piracy and privacy and what's known as the Stop Online Privacy Act, or SOPA. Um, right. Which is, I guess at the face of it, doesn't sound bad, does it? It's basically saying, you know, piracy and stealing content online should not be supported. Fair enough. Um, so what does it mean? What does, the, what does the bill actually tend to do? Well, I think it basically means anyone who's linking content to hooky content <laughs> right. is, is naughty and should be should get... It should be legal takedown notices should be taken there. So I guess that means uh, any anyone who supports piracy is mm-hmm. essentially, I guess, breaking the law. The saying. So, um, and there are certain like rogue websites. I, I guess this would only be US. Yeah. So I don't know how that would work on a global. You know, the internet isn't only in America. <laughs> Apparently, there is internet <laughs> elsewhere in the world. Actually, um, although they they use it a fair amount over here. Um, so uh, Google chairman Eric Schmidt is against it and he's saying uh, the solutions are draconian. There's a bill that would require ISPs to remove URLs from the web, which is also known as censorship last time I checked. Mm. Well, and I'm fairly certain for Google it would be a nightmare because how do they know? Well, I don't know which ones to they, pull out, which ones exactly. to keep in. They like, would be, you know, fully injuncted for searching if you could search for private stuff. Yep. So, oops, how would they work that one out? It would so they kind of... Really uh, but then others have been supportive, I think, the... Uh, and I've seen lots of things recently about, you know, you can send proper real letters. People have set up websites so you can, cl- two clicks can send a, a letter to the, uh, the congressman to have a sort of, I guess, a mailbox denial of service. <laughs> old I had so much mail. And I suppose a lot of these people who are proposing this don't probably use the internet very much. Well, but the legislation's vague language, this article says, could have a knock-on effect to websites that allow users to share videos and post blogs. Mm. It could mean that legitimate sites are blocked as well, it says. Censorship. Well, yeah. I mean, we're always trying to. I mean, I'm surprised actually. Normally, when they tried this in Australia, actually, the whole argument was that uh, child pornography and uh, child mm. abuse and all that kind of stuff was was 100% bad. There was no justification for it, and so uh, Australia wouldn't have an internet that would allow that kind of despicable yeah. behaviour. So you can't really have any sort of argument against that sort yeah, of moral <laughs> thing. Once you kind of wind it back a bit and say, well, they're, they're, they're sharing, you know, movies and TV shows and stuff. It's kind of, you, yeah. you lost that kind of emotional element now. 
And then one skill kind of pops in and says, well, you know, basically we can't search anything because how do we know which one's actually linking to the wrong thing? And uh, I mean, surely they know what, what's linking to everything actually, but... Well, maybe not. I think to know what's being linked, I guess the semantics are there tricky. But I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I think it's not, there isn't black and white mm. kind of aerial. And mm. clearly for some bodies like the MPAA and others, it's clear this stuff is not allowed to be shared. And the report we'll suggested see. that 70% of all 18 to 29 year olds have pirated music, TV shows or movies. That said that two thirds of this subset also acquire content legally. Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm still a believer in, you know, if you can get stuff legitimately and the price is reasonable, it's probably better to do that. Well, that's the thing. Um, if it's, say better, if it's but easy. then there is an argument. I'm sure some of those percentage of people would never buy it. Mm. You know, they're just not, they're not in a position to buy it. If mm-hmm. it costs money, they haven't got the money. Um, so arguably, you could, some people will say, well, that's just marketing. Well, that's right. Because they have, <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, have a right. but they can't afford it. So as soon as they yeah. can afford it, unless yeah. they, they get into this world where they're addicted to just free stuff. And so they'll never pay for that's it. And I've heard other stats that in North America, you know, 50% of teens, made up number audience, um, <laughs> would never buy, never buy music. Right. Um, and to be honest, with things like Pandora, you don't have to buy music. You well, that's true. I mean, we choose we, what you want to watch. Listen for, to. for decades, we have actually listened to a lot of our music mm. for free on the radio. Yeah. And, and in fact, on television as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's called commercial television. <laughs> you know? there we go. So, yeah, I guess it's just, it, it's different when you're watching it online. Anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, other kind of news that rocked the world, I suppose, seemingly, mm. is Adobe, um, and I think this was kind of overreported, basically. Uh, in the technology world, Adobe has uh, stopped doing Flash on mobile, basically, and TV. Mm. But, I mean, looking under the covers here, it seems like it's been a pruning exercise of the Flash roadmap. Uh, They're not stopping doing Flash at all. It's just, you know, Air will be the primary focus going forward. Do you understand the difference between Air and Flash? Uh, Well, Air can't be a plug-in, as far as I can understand. Air is an an environment. It's like a VM kind of thing for Flash content and can embed it's got a kind of browser inside so it's more of a container format okay. as far as I can see so uh, that could be bollocks but, um, <laughs> and um, well I did ask you James so you know. um, <laughs> but essentially so yeah the, and I've seen you know air on TV so it, it's a matter of processing power and I guess as, yeah. as we've heard yeah. you know, there's great stories about um, you know, Steve Jobs uh, God bless him um, was banging on about Flash is too power hungry uh, and, yeah, you know, and, and some people have taken the angle or, you know, Jobs was right, but Adobe have capitulated. Um, but it's still going ahead. When you've got the processing power, mm. it'll be fine. Mm. I'm sure Air will be equally power hungry because you, know, you, you can't still put a camera through the eye of a needle. Well, it's interesting, James, because, you know, I mean, we, you and I have both worked on Flash in mm. TV and Flash on kind of mobile device kind of projects. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, after having seen the, the beauty of flash animations on the PC and the kind of uh, uh, how how great that would be to take those same animations and yeah. put them on TV and then of course being frustrated by the processing power required to actually do that. Yeah. Um, it's uh, all about the workflow. I mean, never, you know, we know we've worked in this space for a while. Anyone who develops stuff for a set-top box or a mobile device wants to have a really cool looking user experience. Mm-hmm. And the best way of doing that today is having some designer do it on an Adobe Creative Studio product yep. and prototype mock-up. But there isn't a workflow to get that onto the device. Uh, they are going to be focusing more on HTML5. So I guess if like Creative can do, Studio can output in HTML5... Then doesn't matter. Bingo. doesn't matter. Okay. So um, can you do everything in HTML5 that you can do in 
in Flash? Like, is it not currently? Because HTML5 okay. is a is a kind of a, an emerging standard. So I know there's issues. When I was at GDC earlier in the year, people talking about like audio handling, mm-hmm. the video canvas tag is still not particularly mature. There's mm-hmm. you don't do audio mixing, the I/O is not as good. So you can't do everything, but you will be able to. So okay, um, and mean, Flash can... will still be around in the form of Air. So yeah, so it's not um, going away. Not going away, and I think that's one of still one of the biggest holes I see in HTML5. Yes, you can do a lot, but you typically would have to hand code it. It's like yeah, yeah. But that, mm. I mean, everything will need to be optimized for embedded. It's more you know, the cross right once run anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the answer answer is actually the fact that given enough time, we'll have enough CPU power in every device that we have mm. that it just won't be an issue anymore. I mean, we're now seeing smartphones that have dual core one gigahertz processors. Yeah. I mean, well, my PC the, didn't have that a few years ago. Yeah, and I mean, I was at a, an ARM tech conference a couple of weeks back. And you know, the, the CTO of ARM was saying that's their vision is that, you know, 10 years from now, you're going to have you know, 20 times processing power in the device. And, you know, you, you, the iPhone 4S, is a, you know, that was, there's more power in the palm of your hand than mm. you had on a mm. desktop PC probably five years ago. Which is incredible when you Which think about is, it. So if that's the case and that's yeah. where we're going, getting to then... But the big caveat here is battery power. Uh, so your battery power, given the kind of the rate of development of battery, it's maybe... A fifteen percent improvement per year. Mm-hmm. You're going to have twenty times the performance well, improvement yeah, in ten yeah, years, yeah. but you're going to have two times the battery life. So, well, I did read an article this morning <laughs> about uh, some researchers, researchers that have done some work on taking lithium-ion batteries and whacking some graphene in between it, and then shoving some silicon in between that, and then bunch, putting, punching a bunch yeah, of holes in it. Different anodes and cathodes. Uh, and, uh, and the, 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 the result is that the, they're getting ten times the density. ten times the uh, charge density mm-hmm. and. Uh, 10 times the speed of charging. So you can charge okay. holding in 15 minutes and it's going to last you know, a week. <laughs> um, yeah. but the, the only downside was the leakage. <laughs> well, the downside was actually the fact that um, it only, you could only hold 150 charges and then it really started to drop off. Oh, right. okay. But then given the amount of time it charged for, it'd basically la- it'll basically last a year and then be still five times more powerful than mm. the average lithium battery the today. The analogy I saw was... Um, Unless something fundamental changes in batteries, mm-hmm. it's unlikely to see a massive improvement in performance. It's going to be incremental, which isn't going to yeah. match the yeah. performance improvement. So that, that, the example I saw was like a candy bar. Uh-huh. The power density of, say, a small bar of chocolate right. versus a lithium-ion battery is still like 10x the amount really? of energy in a bar of chocolate That's compared amazing. to a lithium battery. Okay, That's you can't amazing. recharge the chocolate. But, uh, <laughs> but still, um, the point being... Yeah, the point being, so... That's amazing. You know, you've got far more density there, so how what can be done because you might have loads of processing power but you know the main thing about your portable mobile device is how long does a battery last mm. well, we need um, Mars bar batteries <laughs> yeah then you can eat it or, or share it with your phone you know you could like <laughs> half for you <laughs> half for me <laughs> it's like oh I'm hungry no but my phone needs it more no it's a bit like back to the future when they're putting like banana skins in the back of the DeLorean yeah, yeah, you know, yep. it's kind of the fusion <laughs> reactor although I'm not sure I'd like a fusion reactor in my pocket um, so on to mobile, James. Uh, yes, we kind of segued there already. We did. We? So we had uh, some interesting, interesting articles have come out this week about Steve Jobs having wanted the iPhone on its own network altogether, like not just on it. Uh, not well, just he should have stumped off the old uh, frequencies. Yeah, know, he should a billion dollars. He probably could have well, done it. his plan was actually to use Wi-Fi frequencies, okay. which is free. Mm-hmm. And he apparently he'd set off one of his uh, tech teams to run off and try and find out if this is plausible. Presumably by putting Apple hotspots everywhere in the universe or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they haven't quite got enough Apple stores. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
So he wanted to see if he could create a carrier. So he wanted to be his own carrier altogether. Oh, so, you know, I mean, the, the iPhone did, in the US anyway, shift the balance between uh, the carriers who yes. controlled everything to, to once, the actual handset maker. Mm. Uh, but nevertheless, it's never got to the point of actually... And everyone's got an access to T-Mobile themselves. over here. So, um, oh, so you can't get on T-Mobile. Yeah. Whatever I know there was something also trying to do, like a SIM-free, they had a pattern down mm-hmm. there for a SIM-free phone, where, which is like CDMA, really. It's yeah. just kind of... <laughs> I mean, effectively, the seems built in. Well, um, what does that mean? So, but it's <laughs> yeah, I think on the mobile side, um, Android's still powering ahead. Biggest network. Apparently, I was reading yesterday that uh, Android is now fifty-two percent of world smartphones. Um, wow. iPhone is is flat. Everything else is losing market share. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a good uh, the the new Nokia N was it N eight hundred. Yeah, that looks really cool. Looks actually, like, you know, quite a nice phone um, with Windows Mobile. I think Windows. Seems pretty good. Everyone I know who's used Windows Mobile eight is it? Yeah, <laughs> this is actually not bad. Uh, it looks it looks nice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to use. Yeah, continuously, but and I think that the hooks pretty. that the iPhone four S has got with Siri seem to be you know everyone's delighting in it. I must admit, I pretty kind of bad experiences because of, I think I've said before that if I switch it to British English, I can't search for anything in the US. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've seen some quite cool things. You can sort of tell me. Um, if you know the right semantics, you can get Siri to look up stuff. Uh, I saw one example of uh, with the Wolfram Alpha mm-hmm. sort of uh, inference engine. You can say uh, Wolfram plane search, and it will tell you near you which planes you could see. Oh, the wow. ideal terrorist. Uh, That's cool. Of, uh, you know. <laughs> Twelve o'clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it gives you the elevation <laughs> azimuth and which the name of the flight is. And you, say, you can't see it. Cool. <laughs> you know, cha-ching. Um, so, and I think there are lots of things you could use Siri for once mm. you know what, what it's hooked mm. into. Well, I mean, even even the fact of being able to dictate emails and text and things like that, I don't know when Pseudo you... Pseudo-reliably. Is it? Well, <laughs> apparently it's quite good. It is not uh, bad. I don't know, it's you've got to speak in like short sentences. It's like traveling okay. abroad. You shouldn't sort of go on for minutes on end. You've got to like <laughs> give them... Oh, because it's, it's got to send it off to a server to get... Uh, I think, no, I think it does it locally and then it... Okay. Um, I think I don't know, it, it, it can do a lot of it locally as we talked about yeah. lots of processing power but then it's just I guess double checking and looking at the context because you get the mm. phonemes you can you can decode the I guess the voice font locally but then it's you've just got loads of different memes together then you yeah. have to send them to the server to see well what words they're likely to be okay I get it that's interesting because um, and then what do they mean yeah, the well yeah because I quite I quite like that I mean the other day when you're traveling Mm. and uh, you don't have your laptop available and you need to get some sort of dense email off, even if it's yeah. like a couple of paragraphs, even on the iPhone, and, and I'm quite adept at it now, or even on a BlackBerry, I think BlackBerry is, is, is better in terms of typing longer stuff. Mm. It's still quite painful to get to the point of typing yeah, out a couple of paragraphs. I'm, I'm still trying to get my, my exchange email onto my iPad with this good software, which just doesn't seem to work. Not very good, as far as I can see. It's, I guess it's the it's the uh, CIO's outlet where he can put good onto his Exchange server infrastructure, and that will right. morph Exchange into Two. a private app okay. infrastructure with it. a VPN onto a iOS devices. But it just doesn't seem to be very reliable, which is a bit unfortunate. Mm, so I'm more of a I use the BlackBerry to read, not really compose. Right. I guess it a squint because typically someone's asking you to comment on a document or something and trying to look at that. <laughs> looks on a fine black to me. It's it's like, like. Looks very small. I'm not sure I can open <laughs> yeah, it. You know. um, but I quite like the idea of being able to just. I mean, you, you can talk much faster than you can type if you yeah. could just say blah, 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 and you could pop out a paragraph of text. You'd be you'd be done. That'd be fantastic. So 
Yeah. Well, I have to see if my iPhone falls on her bus or something. Always needs one. Up. <laughs> Let's just type this out. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, mobiles, you know, things are kind of changing, I guess. Um, be interesting to see. Uh, I also heard that. Did I tell you? I think we said on a previous episode the um, iMerge was um, a phone that I'd seen before, which is like a uh, an Android phone where you unfolded it and okay. then you could it basically became a bigger viewing screen. Oh yeah, that's because right. Because you could fold it, and in fact, the, the two glass surfaces are on the outside, so you could answer it. So there's oh, it was, it was basically cool. a bank okay. of screens on both sides of a right, phone, right. bit of bits bigger than an iPhone, but not much bigger. And then you opened it up, and then you could swipe things between the two panes. Effectively, oh, that cool. so it's like a seamless. Mm. Unfortunately, they've uh, they've closed down. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's disappointing. Because uh, they didn't get the order from Best Buy, so oh, uh, see, this was coming down to, and, isn't uh, it? So, which I guess probably means the writing's on the wall for Best Buy. I mean, Fry's has gone into Chapter Eleven. I think Best Buy, if they're That's I mean, sad. What, I mean, big box retailers. <laughs> I mean, hmm. Mm. nobody buys from them anymore. Nope, because um, it's all too easy online. Yeah. I guess that's another thing that happened in the US um, is the cable guys recently announced that they were going to give $10 broadband to poor families, I guess. Right. To try and get them uh, online. And I think that's going to be a trend we're going to see going forward. Mm, it's interesting. As, as more and more, uh, as governments who don't have any money and local governments need mm. to move things online for efficiency, mm. the poor people makes sense. can't get online. So how do they do that? It's funny, we seem to have forgotten about the whole digital divide thing, yeah. we, we say. Um, so that's kind of happening in the US, I suppose. Uh, and most people probably can only get broadband from cable. So, yep. Um, interesting to see how that works in other parts of the world. So, uh, on to gaming news, mm. James, did you know that the Xbox has turned 10? Can you believe it? Not the 360, though, right? This is the no, this is the original, the original Xbox, which. Um, I mean, I never got into the Xbox and I never got into Halo, but this article kind of talks about how. Halo in the Xbox was kind of um, one of those. Yeah, I mean, I, game I played Halo on my Mac because oh, right. Bungie Studios was originally a Mac-only developer. Really? And How ironic think, is that? I think Microsoft bought them. <laughs> and then they By the way, the guys, game, forget that Mac, that Mac. We're only on Xbox now. So that because I, I think with the the, uh, the game boxes, you need to have those exclusive titles. Like you know, mm-hmm. you know Mario's never going to go off Nintendo. Yeah, that's Although exactly arguably right. Nintendo's going through a rough patch right now. That the 3DS hasn't really got any traction principally i think it's because it's the world has changed the, the mm. smartphone has taken over mm. and now i mean i have a very powerful gaming platform in my pocket called an iphone mm. why would i want to carry something else around as well and why would i spend 35 dollars for a game for a i can pay seven dollars for a game or two, <laughs> exactly. 99 cents for a game <laughs> exactly Monday. so um i think that's you know the gaming world has changed xbox has gone for 360 they, they had a you know rough time hd dvd that was that didn't really work for them, did it? They survived the, that. The I Xbox mean, 360's really picked up with the Connect. I think that's been a the Connect uh, and the online service. I yep. think they've done a fantastic job. It's been a, it's been quite a quite a a game changer <laughs> in uh, in that respect. But uh, can you believe the Xbox originally was a 733 megahertz Pentium 3 chip? Yeah, and the 360 was using the, I think, the G4 chips, the Apple chips, because remember all the devs' oh, yeah. platforms, they had those big <laughs> Apple platforms that were hiding. Microsoft's buying lots of uh, Apples. What are they doing that for? And it was for Xbox development. But uh, I, I'm, I've been, I mean, obviously the other thing that's come out in the last couple of weeks is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 mm-hmm. came out. Um, and I was kind of tempted to buy myself another games platform because I enjoyed Which Black one? Ops. Well, which one exactly? Which game <laughs> platform? Which game platform haven't you bought? Well, I've, I haven't had an Xbox 360, so uh, I was kind of thinking. See, the, the, let the, the devil only, into my home, Microsoft coming in. I know. The, the, only, the only thing that actually stopped me getting a Kinect and a 360 
was the fact that I want I actually wanted to play HD content. Yes. On discs, like as in Blu-rays. Blu-rays yeah. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have got a PS3. I would have got an Xbox 360 with Connect for sure, because that looked cooler. Cooler. Um, yeah. And and everything's on both platforms anyway, give or take. Yes, there's the odd exclusive, but um, I mean, you don't buy that many games. That's the thing. I, I don't actually. And then <laughs> and my attention span is so short. It's like eh, I get the point. This is going to go on for eighty hours next. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I think. You know, maybe another game. It's, and there's in the show notes, you'll see there's someone's done a nice little uh, Xbox 360 cake. controller <laughs> cakey thing. So that's quite cool. Um, so uh, and there's an amusing cartoon with a bear on it. Um, this is uh, Penny Arcade, which is a comic about gaming generally. Uh-huh. I think. Um, so in the uh, in the other category, James, I'm going to shove the top ten tech this week. Okay. Um, stuff. Unless you have any comments from SCT Cable Tech of all of lots of cables. <laughs> a world of cables I mean, and obviously everyone's looking at every device every time you know mm-hmm. any device multi-platform encoding mm-hmm. um, all those kinds of things so uh, well, I actually quite like Cable Tech Expo because it's kind of it's, it's a geeky raw. kind of yeah it's raw. like it's, it's about the cables show. about well we need to get IP6 IPv6 everywhere which interestingly enough Comcast just announced they're actually going to start rolling out um, so you can imagine if you got Comcast all mm. onto IPv6, all of a sudden you've got some reason to start supporting it everywhere. I yeah, mean, I mean, I, I guess it, it's more supporting it by default because a lot of places have got it in there, mm. but mm. the consumer has to go in and flip the switch and turn it on. Yep. So I don't know what that means if, um, is it a seamless transition? I know IPv6 day, people kind of yeah. did it, but I think that was more in the core of the network, I think, maybe more for switching rather well, than... Well, this is the thing. If if your end network doesn't support IV, IPv6... Like, you can NAT it somewhere. You can just say... Yeah, just for sure. In in the home, absolutely. You can you can NAT it there and then turn mm-hmm. it IPv6 onto the network. But if the end website, like let's say you have a web... Like, like Ford, for example. Yeah. If Ford's website doesn't support IPv6, you can't see it. So it's game over at that point. But there point. must be a kind of reverse natting kind of thing that the... And there's been lots of talk about how you translate between the two and all that kind of stuff. And in, and in the end, everyone kind of goes, oh, it's all too hard. Let's just, just really? stick with IPv4. Oh, so, you think, so the internet's about to break. Is that your well, prognosis? Well, no, but, but if, if Comcast actually stepped up and rolled out IPv6 across everywhere, then all of a sudden websites would have a reason to actually start supporting IPv6. And you kind of need that sort of... Um, tipping point for everyone to go oh, okay right well you're all serious about it now because everyone's been talking about it for ages but on average on average websites aren't don't support IPv6 and you have to have both ends of the pipe yeah at least supporting that and at the moment the, the thing that's actually slowing it up is actually all the websites like I mean I we, we run web servers James for mm-hmm. on the couch and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff and I know for a fact that those web servers don't support IPv6 so <laughs> what are you going to do with that like yeah yeah um Anyway, well, they so will eventually. I guess, yeah, I guess the other thing, I mean, uh, in the other category, we've got the Kindle Fires come out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, is this going to be the, you know, the the iPad killer? I suppose it will be for a lot of people who are there, they want an iPad but can't afford one. Yeah, for 200 um, bucks, you can't yeah. really And I think there'll be lots of people, certainly in the you know the cable space or the, I've got to have my media on that, mm-hmm. on that device. I don't know if Amazon are going to be open as they are on the Amazon you know, Amazon website you can buy stuff from other people on the Amazon website mm, if they don't mm. have it they'll suggest or other places you can mm-hmm, buy it mm-hmm. will they do the same for media will they say it's not available on Amazon Ooh, Prime interesting. Plus but you don't can watch it on Netflix or you can, no, Netflix is on there already <laughs> oh but, you know, wow can that's you, pretty cool but will they do this okay. kind of cross promotion open platform thing um, cool. well, I mean I've seen lots of reviews of the, the Fire now everyone seems to be mm. relatively positive about it except the fact that it's a bit slow and it's got no microphone camera 
you can't use it for any com oh, stuff. Oh, that's, that's kind of a shame. The Nook has been interesting, the, which is a bit more expensive, I think. The, mm. the Nook has got a microphone on it. Okay, well, that's a good start. Um, I mean, I think, I think I'm going to finally um, bend and get an iP- iPad this US trip. <laughs> Uh, and, but one of the reasons why I waited for the iPhone, iPad 2 is the fact that it has a front-facing camera yeah, and yeah. has a microphone and you can actually FaceTime. use Skype and, Sorry, it's and FaceTime. It's just, it, is. it seems to work. I mean, from the early days of iChat, which were kind of good but flaky, had a mm-hmm. lot of problems with the stun gun, that traversal stuff. Sometimes <laughs> it did, sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to have sorted out with FaceTime. And to be fair, the, in FaceTime, the, the voice and picture synchronization is surprisingly amazingly good. Yeah, yeah, the latencies. License is pretty good and compared to Skype, uh, I mean, I've used Skype all the time, but <laughs> Skype is terrifically unreliable in terms of mm. video. So you'll get the audio going okay and the audio quality is good. And I think it's good, a bit but, cheeky as well that it sort of tricks people into Skyping you by the use of the iconography. I'm getting people who call me on my mobile thinking they're Skyping me. Oh, serious? Yeah, I think I might have to turn my call forwarding stuff off because people can't tell the oh. difference because it's just green. So they assume you're available but it's you know there's the slight difference in iconography mm, oh, if it's right, a green yeah. outline it means you're available but not actually on skype but uh, you know rallies yeah. can't tell that <laughs> so <laughs> you right. get the phone calls in the middle of the night <laughs> Whoa, what's going on <laughs> well i swear you're online <laughs> no i'm not um, so uh top 10 tech this week james we've got uh, a, a quite a nice looking watch that links to your iphone or on or hundred Android. <laughs> Is this the iWatch you're talking about? <laughs> the iWatch, which looks very cool. It's Yeah, it's it runs Android, as far as I can tell. Oh, it actually runs Android. Okay, it runs right, Android, right. but it's essentially, it's a watch, right. but it's mainly a hands-free speakerphone kind of thing. So it's a, it's right. a peripheral to a smartphone. Okay. So it doesn't have the phone radio on it. Okay, so it actually talks to your smartphone. And, and you, you can, can plug a headset into it, and you can use your watch as a headset. But you can also yeah. run Android apps on it. Okay, right. I think uh, this is so it's an I'm I'm watch. I think you'll mm. see in the show notes links to it. Um, Looks very nice. Running an ARM processor should have some good battery life. It was interesting. I didn't hadn't realised that even you know the um, jawbone stuff. Mm-hmm. You can run apps on the jawbone as well. You can buy apps, really? so it will announce stuff to you. So it's like a, a <laughs> that's very cool. The, well, it's, you're it's kind of like what your battery life headset, is right? and things like that. Okay. So and it can I think read contacts out and read SMSs to you and things like this. So it can. Pretty cool. Be a bit of, and, and why not? I mean, a smarter headset. Mm. I mean, why do, you, why do you need a faster processor? You know, why would I need a 64-bit processor, embedded <laughs> processor in my ear? Well, it's, Maybe if it reason. can make inquiries and it can do text-to-speech or something, then why, why can't it actually tell you about stuff? Mm. Well, um, if you can distribute that kind of computing power amongst different devices, then... Well, it's more the interface. I mean, if it's just speaking into your ear, natural language, it can tell you, you know, where's the next train to wherever. <laughs> you need to get off now, James. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, and so another product out from Jawbone is the Up, which is a little bracelet thing, which actually looks pretty cool. That can, uh, it keeps track of your sleep and exercise, storing its data on, a, uh, on an iPhone app. So uh, it actually... It's, like it's a Fitbit, basically. Yeah. It? But it's a bit of a departure for Jawbone to make a... It is. But they had to do something else, Braced right? Because, like, how many, how many Bluetooth headsets can you possibly sell? Yeah. I mean, there are six billion people in the world. You can't sell them two. And also, you know, you can get a, a Bluetooth headset for, like, under $10, or you can buy the Jawbone Uber Which one like for 230 yeah. You know, Bose even has one now. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of competition in that space. And, you know, they, they need to take that... 
Uh, so as I understand Jawbone, they're, they're quite a unique company and they do all the design, they do all the testing yeah. and, and so on. they've got a speaker actually, phone as well. They've got a speaker box mm-hmm. as well. They come but they actually, uh, they did, actually don't manufacture anything themselves. Yeah. They outsource all that mm-hmm. kind of side of stuff. Um, so it's another. So they're obviously looking at other products to see what value well, they've they got. Can these add. apps, they're trying to move up the food chain, aren't they? So you've got mm-hmm. apps, so you can buy the hardware and then get more value add. And this this device, yep. which basically is an accelerometer on a, in a bracelet, yep. with some storage. Basically, um, they're mm-hmm. upselling it, and I guess you probably get first year free or something. And that's right. And if you can start to get some reoccurring revenue and start mm. charging for software rather than hardware, yeah, you can make much more money out of software than you can out of hardware because. But then the costs are a lot higher. I mean, that's the thing. I mean. Are withing scales, which we love and jump on every now and again. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the cost of developing has flipped around from the old days when it used mm-hmm. to be. It was all about making hardware yep. and soldering it all together, and yep. it was all there. Yep. Now it's actually the hardware's kind of commodity. Yep, and, and it's, it's all really about, about software. the software. So yep. you, you probably choose how can I make this in software first before you choose yep. how to implement it. Which is why Flash does well because people say, "Look, I want to have this amazing user experience. I'll do it in Flash. Now, where can I run Flash?" And what's the right. best performance? So right. then they'll choose. Right. But right. you know that's going to change a bit. Mm. Um, so what what other cool stuff is in our top ten there? Uh, there was a I don't know quite why it was in the top ten, but there was a, the Canon EOS C three hundred digital cinema camera has been uh, mm-hmm. released. It's only twenty thousand dollars, so I think I'll get two because you know it'll be handy. <laughs> Uh, but it does super HD resolution and uh, and has detachable lenses and so on. I don't know quite what. I saw the project HD Red is, came out with a more a prosumer, I guess, 4K camera as well. Okay. Um, so that's kind of getting there, and and I guess it should do. I mean, I was I do a bit of um, videography kind of stuff, and I was looking at more underwater stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the GoPro cameras? They're quite small. Yeah, the ones you strap on your yeah, you can put helmet. anywhere. And there's a new <laughs> GoPro two, which uh-huh. does it does 1080p, and I think it can do 120 hertz, or it can do so you can do super slow mo, super yeah. high res. We've got an amazing promo video you should watch it on YouTube. It's, mm. uh, it's awesome. People doing. Th- th- remember. You might have seen recently this uh, Batwing guy, the guy who does flying with a sort of uh, parachute oh, suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he flew through this cave in China recently. Oh, right. Where it's, it's one of these kind of, um, the cave in the size of a mountain, or it's not really a cave, it's like an arch in the side of a mountain. <laughs> and he jumped off another mountain nearby, like base jumped, and, and then flew and down through, through this uh Holy moly, really. <laughs> um, and he, but he had like three of these cameras strapped to him. <laughs> Um, well, if you're going to go down, you're going to go down, you know. And, he's got, and he also has this thing speaking in his ear, ear, so he knows his glide path exactly. So he knows right. if he has to bail. Right. You know, bail now. You don't, you, you don't have much margin of error when you're starting, like, <laughs> gliding as a human glider. Um, wow. He doesn't have anything strapped to him either. He's just got, like, a flying suit. Kind of. Amazing. And, like, uh, how do you learn that? He did, apparently, the first flight. Idea? Here, well, I think he's a bit of a loon, this guy. Anyway, <laughs> I've seen it. He's... he's not many people would want to do it, but he just likes getting thrills. And the, the final top 10, is James, turns out to be Apple's updated glass cube finally revealed in New York. So oh, right. I'll be there later on this week, so I'm going to go and check it out. But it looks, looks like a big glass box now. We did it before. I don't know. <laughs> but now it's got less panels and it's more glass. Um, more glassy. Yes. You've got a photo of it there. Yeah, there you go. Can you see that? It's like a big glass box with a big apple hanging out. Yeah, but that's what it looked like before. Yeah. Wasn't there a kind of like a... a thing in the middle where you actually like an elevator thing that you went down there were the some stairs yeah. yeah but I'm sure that's probably still there you can still see it in the middle it's just a hole where you just fall down there <laughs> they just beam you I in mean, I it's can't like get out. welcome to the Apple store <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, taking my dog I'm right taking, taking my dog in there actually <laughs> really? yeah it's still friendly into the it's iPad store yeah. uh, the yeah, Apple store, store. Yeah. you'll be making your pilgrimage and uh, well, picking up the tablets I'll have to do it this week I think yep 
But I think that kind of wraps us up for one ceremony, James. It does indeed. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. Do send us feedback at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Any stories or um, anything you think we should be talking about. Do let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And so it's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from Ian. Cheers. Bye. This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by EmbeddedAdventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. 